Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 99 of the John Papaloni Show. It is exciting. We are one away from episode number 100. But what's more exciting is my guest today. I have Solomon with ClickX. Welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here and be your 99 guest. All right. That means uh, you're one step away from hitting a big milestone. For sure. And, and there's going to be many milestones going forward. So this is really exciting. I mean, yeah. your story is exciting as well, which is why we have you here. So sure. what I want to do, and I start the podcasts usually with a brief bio of who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Sure, sure. Um, so my name is Solomon Timothy. I'm a digital marketing guy. That's uh, My story is really interesting. When I Graduated from college, the first thing I did the very next day is created a company, all right, because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I knew that I wanted to be in marketing because that was my undergrad degree. I was very fascinated by it. Um, so we started a marketing company. I was building websites at the time. Um, we scaled that. that. My first company is called One IMS. Um, we have like 150 employees. And I'm like, all right, great, fantastic. I know how to scale agencies, right? Like I learned that. And ClickX, uh, is like a child of that company and we don't work with the end clients like one ims does we actually help uh, agencies scale if that makes sense it's like you building something for real estate agents because you've been in that game so long right you love it um so what we've built now is basically a software uh support resources team so that we can help other agencies hit seven figures and beyond in their agency journey can you believe that <laughs> it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride to be honest it's insane absolutely and that's the whole entrepreneurial journey which is amazing it's fantastic right i mean i i i've been through it myself i mean this is i've been through multiple businesses multiple opportunities i mean some were better some were worse some were uh in between some of them were doing well but i still had to close for personal reasons some uh, i sold you know what i mean like and it, it's all about that rush and that journey and you know what i mean and you get to help people through this process too right because it's not even about yourself it's about the greatness you create for others yeah so, so that's exactly right so Right now, when I'm helping a new agency, so we have a couple of different things. We do like five-day live training, zero to 10K, how to get them from zero to $10,000 in just five days, right? So my job is to remember what I had to do to get my first client, my second client, third client. How do you pick a niche? I mean, these are things extremely relevant in real estate as well. Um, and why are you different from everyone else? Um, and to go through that all over again, and then I'll have my next agency partner there going after, let's say, a different niche, right? So one could be going after REI, you know, real estate investor. The other one's going after uh, IVF, which is a fertility center. The other one's going after attorneys. So then helping them figure out how to get their first client, how do you position yourself? These are just marketing things that like doing that 100 times over. It, that's why I said it's, it's craziness because I only had to do that for me. Now I have to worry about every single partner of ours and how do we help them get their first client? So uh, where do they advertise, right? How do they get returns? Um, and how do you stand out from the crowd? So it's, you're right. It's not about me, right? It's not about our team. It's about helping other people get to their first 10 K. Uh, the next milestone for them is 30 K 50 K hundred K and really building on revenue for them. Right. That makes sense. Actually. That makes total sense. And but that's the thing, right? Like you, you said a key thing here, niche marketing. 
I mean, there's, right. you know, how many times I've heard people say I'm marketing, I'm trying to build my business. And I'm like, well, who's your target market? And the answer is always the same, everybody. And it's yeah. like, that's not a target. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah, I say this all the time. Um, it's because marketers can help anyone. That's the sad reality. Real estate agents can help everyone. Everybody's looking to buy a house, whether it's a condo or right. It's like a townhome or custom construction or whatever. However, in our world, I say this to them and I say, say, you cannot be all things to all people. That's rule number one, right? That means that you're no one, right? You're no one to, to anyone. So like you have to figure out why they should work with you and, and what's special about you. So I've kind of become the guy that's taken on the burden of scaling agencies. I could have been the guy to help real estate agents, right? And everyone else in between, then nobody would pay attention. Does that make sense? Because Absolutely. you're not resonating to anyone. So when I've done this, I share my story of, hey, I've been able to do this. And I was a kid out of college. I had no business background. I never ran a company. My uncle didn't hand me this company to me, right? I'm not third generation wealth transferred kind of a kid. I did it by myself. And here's what I did. And here's why it worked. Because I was speaking to this type of people. This was my offer back in the day. Here's who I help. And then if you can follow this framework for yourself, and these guys are successful entrepreneurs, it's just that they don't have an agency yet, right? Um, and then just so you know, as a secret, if you can run an agency, you can scale any company. Why? Because marketing is the, the core of every business. If you can crack marketing, and this is really cool, you can do anything why because if you're trying to do a startup trying to do this your biggest pain in your business growth is marketing do you agree come on john I, yeah absolutely and that's, and that's the other thing you're also selling what what i call the invisible when you're doing marketing right, right. so it, it's it's yeah, a no-brainer but it, it, and there's a difference between sales and marketing a lot of people think they're two of the same i think they complement each other but they are not the same 100% yeah that is a huge Huge mistakes company make. Companies make this mistake of hiring a person and then they put the job title of sales and marketing. It's apples and oranges. In my world, they're apples and oranges. Um, I help get qualified leads from their website, from their Facebook ads, from their marketing to the sales department. Then I walk away. Does that make sense? My job is to go find them more qualified leads to come to their website, into their funnel. Someone who is in sales has to pick that up from where I leave, that baton, and then call them, reach out to them, schedule an appointment, add value, tell them why they're different, right? And then try to take them through that sales process, which they should have a systematic way of doing that, to the closing of that deal, right? So sure. when you put somebody in charge of both marketing and sales, I think you get neither because nobody's good at both. I can promise you that much. Exactly. You know, I did really well. I did really well in marketing and I had no idea how to sell until like a decade later in my business because I was too deep into that one thing. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Now that's the thing, right? Like now part of it, I didn't tell you, you know, so this may or may not surprise you, but back in the day, my original business was marketing long before real estate. And awesome. I, I had an eight figure a year business. I was in the top 100 uh, companies in North America. And um, it was one of those things that, so I've learned a lot from that experience, but it wasn't always as thriving as I made it sound, right? It was right. always all over the place. I mean, it took me a while and many failures before I learned that, 
you know, like, and it was one of those things that I was just persistent. And every time something went wrong, I bounced back. And, and, and that's, again, it's, you have to learn from the thing. Now, where I'm going with this is it goes back to that niche marketing. What I'm talking about here is when I started real estate, you start I went into the whole, I'm going to market to everybody bull crap. Yeah. And for the first two years, I did that. And my business sucked online. It looked like it was great because, you know, there's just so much action going on. But when you calculate the fact that when we're licensed, we have added expenses. Like I'll give you an example. My current expense, I have to make $76,000 a year to break yep. even with all the fees yep. and all the um, expenses and, the and the ads and everything. Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, I, I, okay, I'm including my home mortgage and stuff. But my point I'm getting at is the fact that if I make less than 76K in a year, yep. I am losing money. And Correct. the thing is that the way we, with the numbers that we have, we have 90,000 realtors in a small pocket of space. And we only have a, like last year was record, uh, not record, but like it was ridiculous amount of homes. We sold 120,000 homes and there's 90,000 realtors. Do the math. That's like 1.3 or 1.25 per home per agent. Now, obviously not every agent sells 1.25. So 80% of the people are starving. 80% of the people are losing. 80% of the people are having second jobs to pay their bills. Now, unfortunately, I'm part of that 15%. And the 15% are people that are making a living, that are like, you know, doing, they're not needing other jobs, but they're not part of that 5%. And I, and I believe real estate is like a, you know, micro, you know, economic of the world. Right. Like yeah. in the way that if you look at the world stats, it's the same. 80% of the people are just getting by. They went to school. They got a good education. They got that job and they got a just over broke job. And there's nothing wrong with it because you got to start somewhere. Right. But 15% find a way to elevate themselves and they're in that comfort zone. And, and then you got the 5% and the 5% is broken down to 3% is doing extremely well. And not well enough, like to, like you said, that seven figures or six figures, whatever it is that people are overly happy about that they're doing extremely well and they have options. Then you have the 2% that just make the stupid money. You know what I mean? And, that, and that, that's just every industry is that way. But yeah. where did I transform? Yacht, yacht money. That's what it I call was, the yacht money. <laughs> yeah. And then my transformation came when I realized that if I became super focused and super niche i would do yeah. better like 100%. and that's what i did like to be honest i'm in the middle of a transformation but up until now the bulk of my business has been agent to agent referral i mean i, I rarely deal with the end user um where's the transition okay. in the market and i'm gonna have to adapt and that's the other thing you gotta be able willing to pivot and adapt over as things change right so i'm in the position of building a team but i'm still super focused super niche local market, not trying to be everything for everybody everywhere. I'm not yeah. driving an hour and a half just to show a house and not because yeah. I'm not willing to, but how could I possibly know what's happening an hour and a half away from me? How is that serving the client? If you serve the client, they will serve you. hundred percent. Right. That's so, and that's, that's all I was trying to give you an example of a real life thing yeah. that happened of what you were saying. And same exact thing is that every single entrepreneur going into business they try to eat the elephant. Does that make sense? Yes. And they're like, wow, the market is so big. Look how big this is. 
Um, and by the way, we give a lot of resources for our, our partners to, to sell to multiple industries, but we still don't tell them to eat the elephant. We tell them like, you got to do one bite at a time. Who are you serving? And if you don't, like, here's, here's a big thing, by the way, on people's website. All right, John, hear me out. On people's website, they always talk about what they do. They don't talk about who they serve. Think about that. They talk about what we do. So if you go to a CPA's website, they talk about tax this and this and that. And then who I have to go read out. Do they help individuals, businesses, corporations? Like what, what is it? Are they, are they helping investors? Are they helping retirees? They rarely do that. And if they all they did was switch that to say, hey, we help business owners that are doing less than $3 million with these services. We help you know, hospitality business owners, or does that make sense? We help this type of, or we just help individuals file personal taxes, like H&R Block. They don't try to get involved with the complicated multi-partner corporation, right? Taxes and real estate transactions, all that. They don't deal with any of that. They just deal with everyday folks. So if you just switch that in your brochure or whatever else that you do, you'll see massive success just by flipping the script. Believe it, this is like easy stuff. <laughs> You're right. And that's the thing, right? It is easy. I mean, it's just as easy to not do it as it is to do it, though. Right? Like, I mean, yeah, a lot I, think, of time... I think it's a fear of commitment. I think that's what it is. What yeah. if I, what if I, what if a commercial real estate deal comes? I don't want to say no to it. I'm completely licensed. What if somebody says to uh, help them with office? You know what I mean? Office lease. Uh, what if somebody wants to buy land? I don't want to say no to that. And that right there is what screws you up. Does that make yeah, sense? For that sure. Right there. And the fear that you're not going to get where you're trying to go because you're not willing to commit to who you're trying to serve. Right. The specialist thing rather than being a generalist, if that makes sense. Exactly. This is the thing, right? I believe in the abundance mindset. I mean, there's 100%. plenty of business for out there I, I like and unfortunately growing up and it's part of the safety that like you know like we're, we're our minds are not told to prosper it's told to protect us and unfortunately yeah. protecting us sometimes comes from the uh, scarcity vision and yeah. you know it's like beware watch out you know what i mean oh right. don't want to go there you know what i mean and that's why people don't like change which is why they don't want to commit because that mindset that protects us tells us that's danger this is working don't move yeah. Right. So it's but it's not getting you where you want to go. Right. I mean, clearly you're analyzing because you're unhappy with where you are. You want more. And that's not going to happen doing the same thing over and over and over and over. That hasn't gotten you there up till now. And expecting different results. Right. So um, so I think for the folks that are listening, that are watching, figuring out who you serve or how about this, who you're passionate about. Right. And does that meet your skill set? And is there, obviously there's opportunity there because you just said there's so many houses being sold. So clearly there's an opportunity. So figuring that out. And the reason is you want to be memorable to the people that you're trying to serve. And the way to be memorable is to actually carve out your niche. Like I'll give you an example. We worked with a financial advisor and this person only works with veterans. That was their thing. So if I'm a veteran and he's helping me, don't you think I'm going to tell all my veteran friends about him? But if he helped everybody, there's nothing special for me to say, hey, you should call this person. And it was a different advisor who only helped nurses. Of all the people that they can serve, 
they only help nurses. So when I go to work every day, I got all these other nurse friends and I'm like, hey, you should call this person. He only helps people like us in the medical field. It's like, bam. Does that make sense? Like they're doing selling for you. Yeah. But if I say I help everybody from, you know, the 18 year old kid who's just getting a job to the person who's going to retire in five years and I'm this all things to all people, no one's going to market it. My message isn't going to get heard. I can never become the owner, right? Like the, the virtual mayor. Think about it in like real estate. Like I can never become that because I don't I didn't really define who I want to serve and no one's really resonating with my message. And I'll st- I'll get stuck in the average pie, if that makes sense. It does. Now, that's the other thing, right? Like, look, it comes down in branding. Branding is is where it starts. Like, why do people buy Apple? Let's be honest. You can buy a computer for $3.99. I mean, I'm using the Apple uh, MacBook Pro 14-inch, the brand new one. Sure. And that's $4,400. Yep. So when I just told you I can buy a computer for $300, why did I pay $4,400 for my computer? Because. Because the brand stands out. It comes with trust. Right. I've had Apple like throughout the years. I mean, obviously being in marketing, let's be honest, Apples are known for the creative space, but I would have had Apple even if I wasn't in, well, I'm in real estate, so I'm not really in the marketing business anymore. So, and I still have Apple. Why? Because it's done me so well over the years. I've never had problems. I have friends that I see who have problems. Why? So that brand is associated to trust. Right. And people want to deal with people they know, like and trust, whether you're in real estate, no matter what business you're in, you may have a product, but people are still buying in what they trust. So you're still a people business any way you look at it. And, and I think the no like and trust, everybody gets it and they kind of don't know how to translate that into like real life. I mean, it's easy. They'll know like and trust. I think the way I've been saying it is that they're comfortable with you. That's what we're trying to say. But we're just yeah. using three different words. You know what I mean? No, like trust. Okay, great. Fantastic. Where do I start? Well, dude, can you get comfortable with these people? The way you do that is to say, look, are you a nurse? Here's what I do. Here's how I help, right? Single moms or whatever. Like, think about that. There's a million different ways to slice and dice who you want to serve. And one of the ways to actually do it, and if you're doing transactions and you've been doing this for a couple of years, is to look at where all the success came from. In the past, what was the easiest thing about getting them uh, appointment with them and selling them. Who did you enjoy doing this with the most? I would work on that saying, look, I've had 10 great transactions and these are the commonalities or a hundred or whatever over the last how many every years. This is what I found. And there was something about us. Like we got out of certain business. We got into different things because we kept looking at our data and say, look, we can get these types of customers great success, but we're struggling in these types of customers. So we made tough decisions. Does that make sense? And we didn't care. Oh my gosh, that industry is getting so fast. Like, oh, e-commerce is a trillion dollars. Like we didn't care because we just couldn't execute to the level that we needed to or didn't have the tech, like the technology, the resources. So we had to pivot, which is something you'll have to do once you carve out your niche. You may have to, to pivot, but you still knew who you're trying to go after. So they were easier to find. Does that make sense? Like, bam, bingo. This, this is exactly who I want to serve. So you take that and you just market it all day. Which makes sense, right? It goes, again, like it's one of those things that now people have to remember when you're doing something, it's not instant gratification. It's not in, life isn't Instagram, right? Like it is slow, steady wins the race. You got to like, and that's the thing, like, look at what I said. My first two years, I, I sucked. 
Like I didn't start getting any real traction until year three. And and, that, and that's just part of the process. You got to enjoy the process. I mean, people are so in a rush to get to the end. They don't realize the end is dead. You're dead at the end, right? So why would you want to get there? You got to enjoy the process. 100%. I think the, the challenge starts with the way, and no one's ever going to fix it. It's just the way the schooling is. You go to school to get a degree. You never know how to make money. You go to real estate. You study this very thick book. Take a, a, a super complicated exam. Right, um, you, you memorize every single right uh, thing about history to the law to how to measure things that you're never going to use. It's like you know from the, the, the I don't know 1800s. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. This formula, that thing, and then when you get that, when you get that license in your hands, you still have no idea how to make any money with this thing. All you know is that your fees are going to start stacking up. <laughs> right you need this dude that's new the mls the website guy they're like go run advertising like omg like what what are we doing and i think that's where the opportunity is to really figure out there needs to be like a boot camp right after you get your license like here's how you get to success and the continuing education doesn't teach you that either you're just kind of like what do we do right so it's uh there's there's no wonder john that majority of them having to work a second job is because the license is the beginning of your journey. It's not the end. Yeah, that's your starting point. It's what you do after that matters. Correct. Now, let me ask you something. Everybody's got a license. They don't know what to do with it, right? True. So now every journey and every entrepreneurial journey has always got an up and down and all that. When you got into the business, I'm sure you've had struggles. It wasn't just snapping. You were there. So... What was the hardest thing that happened and how did you overcome it? Yeah. So for us in marketing, just so you know, um, it's an investment. People invest several thousand dollars in marketing. When their business gets tightened because of the financial downturn in 2008 or something happened, the biggest thing they cut is what? What do you think, John? What is the thing? The first thing they cut. Cut what? They're not going to yeah, they're not going to cut the lease because I still got to pay this. I'm not going to cut my internet. They're like, oh, let's shave back on Google Ads. Let's shave back on this. Let's pause this website that we were trying to build. Do you know what I'm saying? Because our cash flow is it's getting tightened. And so I would say those things really like correlated with our business. And so we had to figure out how do we overcome that. Um, but other than that, I think it's been keeping up with the trends, really, like Google changes their algorithm every single day. I don't know if you knew that. Multiple yep. times a day. So there's no way that we're going to sit idle. Like It's not the same thing this month as it is next month. We're on our toes. So first of all, like constantly the change is the first, like the only thing constant in our industry is change. <laughs> Just so you know. So being dealing with that and also any kind of big economic changes and shifts definitely affects anybody in marketing and then if you can figure out first of all it starts with the mindset just like you said uh and then figuring out how do you educate your customers that if the economy like starts getting tight you don't cut back on marketing because you're just doing what everybody else does and you big fat you know what i mean like dummy you should switch your strategy so that you can get more ads for less money because there's less competition. But most people just do the obvious. They follow the herd. Does that make sense? When a stock is on sale, you buy it. <laughs> you don't sell it. So you yeah, got kind of the opposite. opposite. 
Correct. Um, so, but again, most people don't think like that. You got to say when all my competitors are pulling out, I don't know if you know this quote from Warren Buffett, when everybody is getting all excited, you stay out of the market, right? When they're pulling back, you buy. That's what he does. Because everything's on they're sale. Getting selfish. Yeah. When they're getting selfish, you get out. It's like, yeah, this market's, it's going up. They're buying, you know, Tesla at a thousand dollars. But when it goes to 700, I'll be buying that thing. If that makes sense. Right. Now, even like I did the same thing in uh, when COVID hit and we went into lockdown. Um, a lot of people didn't know what was going on. A lot of people pulled back. I actually doubled down and my business actually skyrocketed from that point. See, your, your real life, <laughs> you know, uh, case study right there. And that's it's true. Because it's the fear in them that tells them that it's going to be crappy next month. So let's, you know what I mean? Let's save. Let's go cash position. Let's cut back. Let's, you know, you know lower our exposure. Does that make sense? Um, let's just stay here and uh, let's wait it out. Well, waiting it out never solves anything. So what I'd like recommend is that I'm not saying go double down, triple down, like go crazy, borrow money and do this. I just want them to shift their perspective to say that, okay, great. If nobody's advertising right now because they don't have whatever, I better be that one guy. And let me tell you, a lot of people do think like this. So there is a whole market that goes around and starts scooping up the lower, you know what I mean? Cost inventory and all these platforms because of the exact same thing. I believe it's on sale during that time when nobody wants to market. I want to be there. All right. If you're, yeah. if you're a salesperson, the best time to cold call a prospect is before they open because you get the owner and, and Susie, uh, the receptionist ain't there yet. Does that make sense? Like you get yep. her, you go straight to the thing. The worst time to call is when at 10 a.m. when everybody rolls in the office, you drink two cups of coffee and you start calling and you say, yeah, it's the gate gatekeeper. They're not letting me in to talk to the decision maker. It's because you're calling the wrong time. Six o'clock is better than five o'clock. So it's the same exact mentality. Like how do I get to my end user and how do I do it for less expense? And I want to do it when nobody else is doing it, period. Right. Now here, another point, right? Going with the whole double down part. I get it. When things get tough, people want to save money. And I 100% agree with you. Saving on marketing is the wrong place. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when things are, are tight, should you cut back? Yes, 100%, but not on marketing. Stop going to Starbucks. Make coffee at home. <laughs> carpool to the office you'll save on gas you'll save on uh on, on repairs on your car because you're not using it as often or you'll at least be splitting it or something like like there's other ways to save money that won't hurt your business yeah and i think there's even more free things that you and i can do that people don't even, even realize this podcast doesn't cost thousands of dollars to put out going live on instagram doesn't do that right posting on some of those platforms doesn't actually cost you a lot of money it's creativity no. and time so you don't have to actually spend money. You just have to work with someone to give you the strategies that you need to be using to get to where you're trying to go, right? Uh, almost everything that we do is around content. And we use the ads to promote the content that we created so that it can expand its reach as opposed to just running ads trying to get the next person to click. So that's like, that's like renting versus owning, right? Content yes. creation, anyone of you guys listening, is actually like real estate. It's an asset. So today, your job is to figure out. We just said we're 99th episode. 
99 episode is assets that's going to live forever for John to generate brand awareness and customer acquisition. They're going to come across this content from so many different means. And there's no reason why you can create this type of content for your niche once you know who you're serving, right? So um, a lot of what we do is around the same thing and a lot of what we teach. And if you're a brand and if you're, you know, getting crushed or whatever it is, you can still shift your attention to things that actually don't cost and then maybe cut back on spending, but don't cut back on creation of content because of the fact that that's recency and frequency and reach and all those things, it starts to die down. You're just literally letting your competition get ahead because of you pulling back on just hustle, if that makes sense. It does. Now, here's you got a point here, right? Because create content creation is easy. Now, you like there's so many excuses out there. People, oh, I don't have the equipment. Or, I'll do it when I buy this and that equipment. Or I'll do it when I get to this point. Or you know what I mean? And the reality is, you have one piece of equipment, which is your phone. You can start there. You don't 100%. need fancy dancy equipment. Sure, I got the fancy mic. Sure, I'm on the fancy camera. Yes. But you know what? Do you think I was on this on episode one? Nope. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. You build it over time. And now, yeah. how? what would you say to someone who says, oh, you know, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be on video because I don't want people to see me. And I feel like like they're going to judge me and make I mean, give me, you know, bad comments and I can't handle it. Yeah. Again, just more fear, right? Sort of like, hey, you got to get out of your own comfort zone. Probably the biggest thing that we can tell them is that if you know where you're going, I can promise you that that isn't going to, you're not going to get there in your comfort zone. So you're going to have to get over the whole fear of a video or making podcasts or content. I'm perfectly fine with a person who doesn't want to create video because it might be harder to do editing and all of that. But what I would rather you do is do it in audio but just have an amazing audio presence. You could still create content in words, words, blogs, post on Instagram and all those places doesn't require video. However, the whole world is going towards video. So if you feel like you can overcome that, do a little bit at a time, you're going to be massively successful, right? There's a whole trend towards uh, all these platforms liking video over just text content, just because there's higher engagement. Most more people watch a video than they just scroll up and on a picture. So if you can figure that out from your phone, I know some of the biggest influencers, they don't have any fancy equipment. They do everything from their phone, everything, including the editing, the audio, all of that. That's just the world we're living in. We're actually walking around with a computer that's as fast as John's $4,400 machine in our hands, right? It can do anything. It's literally a computer. So if you can figure out how to use that as your biggest marketing weapon, you're going to be in great shape. Trust me, like, it's not about the production. It's much more about the quality of the content. And most people don't like to hear that. I would rather you invest the time figuring out what value can I add to my, add to my audience today? What thought that they need to be shifting? What belief can I give them? That to me is so much more valuable than the fact that I had a really cool intro and a little cool outro and like six animations throughout. People don't care. I, I promise you they will share the other piece of content that really struck a chord for them. That's yeah. what you should be focusing your attention on. I agree with you on that part. And, and this is the thing, right? Like you brought up a point, there's audio, right? Like the way I look at it right now, video is the end thing. 
But I think we're heading to audio. Well, audio and then there's virtual reality, but virtual reality is still so far ahead. Um, yeah. But we're, I think the next thing is audio. Because look at Alexa, Google, whatever it's called. Then there's sure. Apple has their own version, right? I mean, come on. We we talk to our phones these days, you know, with the Hey series, the Hey Google, or, you know what I mean? Whatever. Hey, Alexa. So audio is going to become huge. And now people are becoming busier and busier and busier. And look at a podcast. What happens? They put the podcast in the background. So they're listening to it while they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, whether they're driving, whether they're working on the computer, whether they're uh, updating, whatever. Yeah. I think more podcasts are coming out. I, I think like we, I think we both grew up in an era where what is a podcast? It was all about the music. But I don't think that it is anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think a lot of people wa want to build up and grow more, and they're willing to listen to podcasts over listening to their music. And not that there's anything wrong with music, but I mean, it's a form of learning, and everybody learns differently. Some people can read a book, they can read it, you know, like 10 books a month and think it's great and understand it. I can read, I read books. I'll tell you now, I read 24 books a year, so one a month, and I absolutely love it. But if you yeah. give me a day from the uh, one day break from what I read and ask me what the book was about, my answer is I have no idea. But I just don't remember, but I enjoy the process and I'm learning then. And sometimes I take notes. So that's how I get my, uh, you know, sure. my ideas and stuff. But if I didn't write those notes, I have no idea what I read. I don't remember any part of it. But <laughs> when we're talking about podcasts and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm driving, I could tell you what I heard on the podcast. I can tell you what my takeaways are. Right. We all learn differently and you're not going to get everybody everywhere. So you're better off to focus on something and be the best at that. And I mean, I'm even going to make a comment in terms of even editing. Yes. Look, we're live now. What editing? By the time no we're editing. done, this is already live. Yeah. People have already will have already seen it. So what am I going to do? Take it down to edit it and then put it back up? You don't it, like editing is good and you will get to a point that you'll want to do it and that you'll want to get to that next level. You might even hire somebody to do it because you'll be at that next level. But just start it. You're better off. To have more, have it done and have it done consistently. Like consistency is the number one thing. Whatever it is you do, do it over and over and over and over like routine. Correct. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that too. I think there's a lot of emphasis on downloading the content, perfecting it, polishing it, putting it up there. Um, I think the platforms that we're using these days are as good as what they do on news channels. Believe it or not, is it all through the browser? You're able to go live, reach your audience by you know, an hour from now, it's over. And, to, and, and two hours from now, you can now create the next piece of content rather than trying to perfect one, take two weeks and you launch it. It doesn't do anything for you. I'd rather you really push hard on getting more out there. And that's how you build awareness. I mean, coming from a marketing guy, trust me, like your job is to create buzz and you have nothing else to do other than that. Because if you don't have any sales, you have no business. So like you should be focused on marketing. So I said, again, mix marketing and sales and really do, you know, like a rubber band, you know, ball. Like it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. I would much rather you figure out, here's what I'm going to focus my attention on and I need to execute. Now I've given this example in the past to people. Those folks that are celebrity real estate shows, how do you think they started? The same things we're telling you to do right now. Yeah. Right? That's how they started. They built an audience. 
And that's how they got to where they're trying to go. I'm not saying everybody listening and watching today is going to want to be the next New York, flip New York or flip Philly or flip anything. That's not what we're talking about. What they've done is they've done excellent marketing. And so if you're between like, oh, should I invest? Should I do this? Should I, you know what I mean? Create a podcast? Should I buy a mic or whatever that is? Your answer is already there. Like you already know what you need to do. Now, if you're happy where you're at, then you don't have to do anything. But most people, most entrepreneurs I, I talk to, they know that their potential is far greater than where they're at right now. Does that make sense? They know yep. they can do 3x the transaction and it's still a piece of cake. All they want to do is figure out how to reach that audience. They know that. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Now, again, even with all the successes, right, everyone has an aha moment where they like, okay, this is what I've been geared up to. This is what I've been looking for. I'm like, I think I'm on the path. It's like, aha, I did it. Right? Like, what was that moment for you? And I'm, you might have more than one. Yeah, no, I think one of the things that you'll realize too in, in the real estate game as well, that there's a type of customer that you do the really best in that you enjoy the most. Of course, I can help every kind of person. Um, our job was to go up market and we realized that the amount of value that we give was significantly more for this type of clients. Maybe they're more established. And when I put this one strategy in place, if I can move the needle 10%, it meant millions of dollars for them. Make sense? Rather than a smaller company, I move the needle 10%, it's 10,000 or 100,000 or 200. And it wasn't big enough. It, the impact wasn't greater. So that was one of the aha moment. Like, we invest the same amount of time and energy in sales selling to a small company or a big company. Trust me, it takes the same amount of energy. And for you doing transactions, you got to think selling a million dollar house is going to take the same amount of effort as selling a $350,000 house. In fact, it's probably easier to sell a million dollar house because the person has got the capital, the means. They don't have, you know what I mean? All these other issues. So maybe you have to be making that your niche, right? That, that's the aha moment. Every time you sold a million plus, it was easier, it wasn't harder, and financing was easier, commission was easier, it was bigger, fatter checks. Why would I want to do the 350s? I'm just giving an example, or a multi-tenant homes, like multiple, uh, right, like four units, or whatever that might be. So think about that. So that was our aha moment. Um, we just niche down and also look for specific types of companies. Now we're talking about companies that are doing $100 million. That was like sort of the sweet. How do we go from 30 to $100 million companies? And that allowed us to really create better uh, offers and better strategies and frameworks. And they saw millions of dollars in sales as opposed to smaller companies where they don't have a marketing team or a person. And I'm trying to have to convince, you know what I mean? The owner that they should invest. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I want to yeah. baptize the saved. I'm giving you an example here, John. Baptize the saved rather than trying to save somebody. Make sense? Because yeah. it's way yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah, now let me ask you something here. I got, I, I got a thought, right? Because you're operating with agencies, right? Like, what's right. the difference between okay, if a company, because like, we're going to take a larger company, a smaller company is not going to do this, but we're going to take a, a larger company. What's the difference between them getting everybody in house versus getting an agency? And what's the benefit yeah. to both? Absolutely. I love that question. I'm glad you asked that question. And this is for you. I don't care what size business you are, you got to know that. The reason why you started a company is because you're really good at something. 
you're really good at flipping burgers. You're really making gourmet burgers. And John, I don't know what your favorite food is, but you're really good at pizza. I'm hoping you like pizza. And that's the reason you started it. And I hope you're not going to hire six people to help you run payroll because that's wasted money. And I hope you're not going to hire seven people to do maintenance to your restaurant because that's wasting money, right? Instead, you can hire better uh, cooks in the back, uh, a backup chef, or you know what I mean? A bunch of like other folks to help you, waiters and waitresses and all of that, and an operations manager so you can run this pizza joint better and better and better. When folks that are in a specialized business, say it's manufacturing or medical or something else, they start hiring a bunch of marketing people. They actually don't know how to manage the marketing people or manage marketing as a whole. They know how to make the product and make the customer happy. But when you invest into areas that you're not comfortable with, what happens is you're, in a, you're using your money inefficiently and you're, you're actually costing you more. So five salaries, is hundreds of thousands of dollars versus you pay an agency $100,000, you get five people's stuff, but you only get what you need and not all the excess. You don't have to worry about their payroll. You don't have to worry about the benefits. You don't have to worry about two weeks off and having a manager to manage the five people. Does that make sense? Now it's a yep. sixth person. When you look at that, it's a ginormous inefficiency. So agencies outsource to other agencies for the exact same reason. Well, we're all in marketing. Why would I have to go outsource my podcast to somebody else because there are podcasting agencies that will do a better job than me trying to do podcasts in my little facility. Think of it like that. So this is why I always give the best example. Never run your own payroll because you got a payroll company can do it for 50 bucks a month. I promise you the owner is going to take more time than 50 bucks plus somebody else than the $50. Like this is a perfect example. Never do it unless it is your thing, right? It's your expertise. If it's not your expertise, get out. I don't try to make my own sign and hang out the building. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to True. do anything. That's what you should be thinking. I don't want to do anything that I'm not good at because the more things I try to get into, just like picking a niche and serving the market, I'm going to be terrible at it. Like I have, I don't hang a nail anywhere. Like I don't do anything. How's that? It sounds crazy, but I know what I'm good at. So I do that and I delegate and outsource, eliminate everything else, including checking your email, if that makes sense. Right. Now, here's something that I believe in and like a couple of things. Like one is when I got into the real estate business, the um, somebody, uh, the broker manager at my, uh, my brokerage at the time said something that at the time I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Um, but now it makes more sense than it did back then because you know, sometimes we're creatures of habit and we learn through experience, not through being told. And what ends up happening is that um, he said, you know, you got to look at how many hours you put into a deal, figure out what the average commission of that deal is, figure out how many hours and what that hourly rate ends up working out to. And whatever your project you're doing or whatever you're going to work on, if the hourly rate to pay somebody else is higher than what you would make on that sale, yep. then do it yourself. If that hourly rate is lower than what you would do on that sale, hire the other person to do it and go get that sale. 100%. Way to look so. at it. And I know like most people are trying to do it all um, as they have like 12 hands, right? Keeping everything in the thing. You do not need to do that. Trust me. I think, I think it just kind of goes back to the foundation. Like you got to know there's a limited amount of time 
and more money than time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what you don't have is time. It's not going to be a money issue. For your brand new agent, you're like, you're thinking money is more important than time. It's actually the other way around. Yeah. Trust me, we'll find that out really fast. Once you get six deals, you're like, how do I get 60 deals? But I only have so much time. So then all of a sudden you have a time crunch, not a money crunch. Then you flip the, the whole script like I've been teaching. I say, go get all the support you can get because what I need is more activity to happen and scale my time. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. then all of a sudden you start thinking of ways to delegate, outsource, and you're not going to try to do web design. Dude, I'm too old for this. I'm going to hire a web designer, a company or whoever, code the darn thing, get me live by tomorrow because I'm on a time clock. <laughs> does that does that, does that make sense, John? Like, I don't mean Absolutely. to be a New Yorker and be saying rush everybody, but you realize <laughs> it's more about time than anything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, time, again, that's the one one asset we have that can't be replaced. When it's gone, it's gone. Right. So now here, I'm going to be very confident in this question which sometimes I'm not confident when I want to ask it because I'm not sure, but I kind of know where you are in your scale. So I'm pretty confident with this one, which is that most successful people out there follow some form of regiment or timetable, you know, and they have a process for scaling. Like example, I know what I'm doing for the next five days religiously. It's in my calendar and I have all my assistants and everything. I'm just like clockwork. Yeah. Right. So what does your typical day look like? Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm in different meetings because it's for our partners. Um, I teach them how to build offers. I coach, you know, on Tuesdays on, on how to sell. Um, so I'm kind of like you and my week is already mapped out. Uh, but other than only variable in my week is the one on ones, which we let our premium like our, our partners book a one on one with them. They get so much time with me. That is about the only thing that's variable. Other than that, it's extremely routine, whether what time I come in, <laughs> what time I go, how much content I need to produce. It's like we made it in a way that it's like we can predict. Does that make sense? And yes. it's been all designed to maximize the time that I'm here in the office so that the things that I can only do in the office, like the studio and all that stuff, I do it here. And things I do from home, I do from home because I do it from my laptop. Cause you know, I'm like John over here with a Mac laptop. I could do it anywhere, right? I could do it in Mexico. It doesn't have to be here, but uh, it's mostly around the meetings that I have to be there or to do the coaching and any sort of like one-on-one -on -one stuff that I have to be there. Um, that's the only thing that's variable from one week to one week, if that makes sense. And it's right. mapped out for weeks and weeks in advance. Like, so we do live events. So can we, let me give you an example. Like the zero to 10 K scale challenge is something that I do live with them with agency owners being here so I can teach them exactly how to do it. Like those things are mapped out for the next month and the month after, because I can't even take a day off without knowing like, what am I supposed to, <laughs> what am I doing that day? What's I'm trying to go and fly somewhere. I can't, it's got to fit into this whole month now, not even just a week. Right. Which is exactly where I was going. So my point I was for everybody that in order to scale, in order to be, to get to the next level, you have to have a system in place. You have to, and it has to work like clockwork, like in a way building that system. And I'm willing to, is a way that you can almost make the uh, non-forecastable business forecastable. Like I'm willing to bet that you're going to know your year to year income within 10 to 15%. And that's because of that system that's built. It becomes predictable. Like you said, I mean, there's going to be variables that are out of your control, but everything that's in your control 
will just flow. 100%. Yeah, I think there's more control than, than you think. It's just much more of where your time is spent. So one of the things that I give as a tool is to like figure out how to time block, right? Time blocking your day. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to get interruptions. Somebody is going to go live on Instagram. You feel like you need to watch that. And you get caught up in talking about news and this and that. And then you realize that 8 o'clock or 5 o'clock, whenever you go home, you didn't actually do anything to help you make any money today, right? Like, yeah. geez, like where did my day go? And you do that for 300 days, 200 whatever many working days, you end up with zero. Make sense? But other people have the exact amount of time as you do. How are they successful is because they don't take that thing for granted that we, we do, right? So we have to realize, like, how do I make myself more successful? It's not going to be the mic that's going to stop you from doing the podcast. I promise you that. It's going to be you. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? It's not the mic. It's not the camera. It's not the phone because you already got the latest iPhone. You already have it in your pocket what you need to be successful. It's not that. It's you. Figure that out and you'll be successful. For sure. And, and that's the thing, right? Like I think people need to focus on income, you know, income producing activities daily. And they ha yeah. should have that time block. Time blocking is so important. And it's, it's, it's inevitable. I mean, you either dictate your schedule or someone dictates it for you. Wow. It's <laughs> Right, like, yeah, I know, and you want and to minimize as much any interruptions as possible, right? You want to exactly, yeah, and I'm also, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, I was gonna say, every every real estate agent watching and listening, you are your own business. I just want you to know that you are your own business, you got income and you got expenses, like your VAs are your expenses, your income is the thing that your transaction, however, you make money, it's the income, so you have to have your own balance sheet for yourself. And then you start like thinking like John, like, yeah, no wonder. I, I'm not going to make any money wasting my time here at the, the bar with the boys. You know what I mean? This ain't helping. Right. So I'm going to be over here at this networking event, uh, meeting these people and telling them about what I can do for them or creating a piece of content or posting or strategizing, creating my content calendar or whatever else is going to help me get there. Then all of a sudden you start seeing patterns and that's how you do it. Right. And that's the other thing, right? Like even what you consume yourself with matters. Like, like you said, like if you start off your day watching the news, what are you going to hear? Uh, Russia's bombing Ukraine. Um, COVID numbers are high. There's a new variant. Um, 5,000 people were laid off from whatever company. Um, you know, you can imagine consuming that first thing in the morning. What's your rest of the day going to be like? You know what I mean? And then people want to get on to, uh, you know, I don't want to do video because I might get commented. You know what? The, 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 the number one thing you have to do is learn to shut that noise out. Just yeah. get it out. Stop paying attention to it. 100%. Focus on what you need to focus to get to where you want to go. Because I promise you that that bad news will still be on when you get there. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's not like you're trying to be selfish. You're going to still help the people around you and do all the things you need to do. But you just, like John said, just get rid of the noise um, that's taking you away. And everybody wants your attention. That's, it's a marketing guy's job, right? How do I get attention? So everybody's doing a great job marketing, whether it's the news ch channel or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or wherever you find yourself right now, right? Everybody's trying to take your time. And that's the only thing that you want to be protecting, if that makes sense. For sure. Now, I want to be, uh, you know, very um, conscious of your time. So, I mean, we're at the 51 okay. mark. So yeah. what I want to do is ask you a couple more questions and then I want to get into what I call the lightning round. 
Go for it. So question one is, what piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the entrepreneurial journey but is hesitant or scared? Yeah, no, I, I, I had a, I was on a podcast not too long ago. It was the same exact question because it's very true. Like, what do you want to do? I always say instead of trying to create a business, and I've said this a million times since because it came to my mind. And so trying to business and so trying to be an entrepreneur, find a problem that you can help fix. Business comes after. Business is the entity to help you build all the things around it. But the problem, a lot of companies out there have entities, but they don't know what problem they're fixing. I would focus my attention on the problem more than the entity, more than the name of the company, more than the color, which is all comfortable. The uncomfortable is the problem. Make sense? Get out of that comfort zone, get into the uncomfortable part. That's the problem that you want to solve. Perfect. Next question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Yeah, I think uh, we kind of covered a lot of that. I have, look, my to-do list everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. It's joy to cross that thing off the list. I'm not too particular on this is a $10,000 task or $20,000. I'm more particular on did I get this done? Did I make this so my rest of my team can do what they're supposed to do? Making those little, I mean, I literally made stuff right before this because I know I need to get those things done. That's what I use to track my success on a daily basis, right? Um, every single day and everywhere I go, it's pieces of paper with things written on it and pen, John, pen over anything else. Not text notes, not iPad notes, iPhone notes, paper and pen. People don't understand. Your subconscious will help you get those things done because you'll remember. Just like yeah. John reads and can't remember. <laughs> he listens and he can remember. Start with paper and pen and write down what is it that you're trying to do today. What are you trying to do in the next hour? You'll, For you'll sure. move the mountains. Trust me. And to put it in your uh, Apple notes. It ain't going to get done. There's 5,780 other notes in there. You're not even going to find the note. But you're going to find this. You'll cross it off your list. I agree with you 100%. Like I store everything into my CRM, but I put my daily to-do on a piece of paper. Yep. Right? So I 100% agree with you. If it's in your phone, you got to search. And you got to remember that you got to search. So <laughs> it's an extra step, even though it doesn't seem like it's more work. You're going to get distracted. On the, yeah, you're going yeah. to get distracted on the way to searching, and then you don't even do the thing. And you won't remember what you're searching for. So it's 100% true. So with that being said, where do people find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have my own website, just like a marketer should, and so should you, timothy.com. Um, this is my last name, T-H-I-M-O-T-H-Y.com. That's probably the best place to go find my Instagram and everything else. Or you can also go to our ClickX website. That's clickx.io. Um, again, if you're curious, you want to learn more, I put out tons of content like this. Why? Because I don't just feel like I'm called to serve the agency owners, like, my personal brand is much more about entrepreneurs in general. It's anybody because I have friends, I have customers that are starting second businesses um, and I want them to be more successful, right? There's, there's no age. You don't have to be a certain age to be successful. You don't have to live a certain place. I think it really starts from, like John says, it starts from your head. And if you can get that right, all these other things starts going into place for you. So I try to do the best I can. Now, you could see my whiteboard, like the first thing I'm supposed to do, John, <laughs> It's my podcast. You know what I'm saying? There's so much that we're trying to accomplish uh, with things like this. So remember, this is my game. It should absolutely be your game as well. Does that make sense? 
100%. So now getting into the lightning run, a little bit of uh, fun here, which is question number one is going to be, what is your favorite food? Um, yeah, it's a good one. Probably tacos. <laughs> oh, I love tacos. Yeah. Any particular one or like, do you like a certain brand, a certain place? Like or? authentic Mexican tacos. How's that? Ah, perfect. So second is what would be your favorite podcast? Uh, there's so many, there's so many podcasts out there, John. That's a tough question. Masters of scale. I like that one. Makes sense. Uh, favorite book. Uh, I read just like you. So many of them. I can only remember the last one I read. I would say think and grow, which Napoleon Hill. That's a good one. That was a great start for me as well. <laughs> and yeah. lastly, favorite vacation spot. Yeah. Probably Hawaii. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, I've never you know, been, but I mean, it's, I'm curious. Yeah, no, I think it's like if you if you like the beachy vibes, like it's definitely cool. It's laid back uh, from a real estate perspective. John's too expensive. You know, it's like ah. we should have bought it 50 years ago. <laughs> well, that's with anything in real estate. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the freak? What happened here? But hey, I get it. It's scarcity. There's only so much land. So you can name your price, right? You can, you can name your price. So it's like, that's a good thing about business in your business is that it is going to go up no matter what happens. So fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you for having me, John. Super excited. All right. Keep us posted on all the new things you'll be working on next year. Sounds like a plan, man. All right. See ya. See you later. If you like what you've been watching and you want to see more, subscribe to the link below.